Hi, and welcome to Falling Star, a Star Wars role-playing game podcast. My name is Jesse, I'm your host and game master. This is going to be an introductory podcast, and will serve as a primer for both players and listeners to give you a bit of insight into the creation process for the campaign that we will be airing, and just give uh, players who may not have seen this rule set uh, a little bit of background and just a quick and dirty overview of the rules that we will be playing with. Um, we will be using the West End Games D6 system, which is a much older system than the, some of the games that are currently out there. Uh, both Fantasy Flight and Wizards of the Coast have pu- since published Star Wars role-playing games. Uh, I have seen all of them. I've played some of them. West End Games still has the most Star Warsy feel uh, to it. It's much, uh, very much a fast system without a whole lot of reliance on tables and and charts and maps. Um, it allows for, uh, I think, uh, more dynamic storytelling. It's also the system I'm most familiar with. I've been game mastering game mastering Star Wars for almost 20 years now, uh, which is really kind of a scary thought, um, but. It's a system I know very well. It's also a system that uh, my players, none of whom have seen this system at all, uh, I think can can dive into without feeling like they're way bogged down with a lot of rules and minutia. Uh, I really, it's really something I feel strongly about. Systems that are very rule heavy um, and re- such as. Um, the latest iterations of Dungeons and Dragons, even Dungeons and Dragons, uh, even the very early ones were always very, uh, very mechanical, very reliant on, um, you know, look up this table, look up that table, find out what the encumbrance on this is, find out how much you can carry, how fast you can move, all these little tiny details that really don't tell a story. It does lend itself to a uh, role-playing game in a way that those those systems really can't. Um, it, Dungeons and Dragons can make a good sort of midway point between battle simulation and uh, and role playing. You just kind of have to shove one into the other and, and hope it comes out. Whereas I feel this version of the Star Wars game really brings home the storytelling aspects, and that's what I my primary role is as a storyteller. Um, I have, you know, definite ideas about what Star Wars is. I, as a game master, I uh, have very strong opinions about, you know, what is Star Wars? What is, um, you know, what are the themes that run through Star Wars? It's really, um, it's really a very classic, timeless tale, which is why the movies have held up so well. Um, and why they're so incredibly powerful and so many incredibly popular even to this day, uh, even after Lucas has sort of slaughtered some of it for some of us old timers, it's still very much a, a timeless story. And you know, if you want to read more about it, the, you know, there are a, just a number of resources out there uh, looking at the, the Star Wars mythos. I am a geek. I, I, I love the Star Wars. Uh, Universe, I think it allows for some very wonderful stories, uh, truly epic in scale. Um, even that 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 other space opera that really doesn't. 
um, you know, characters go, set out to save the galaxy. They set out to um, to rescue everyone. They, they're not just saving this planet, save, or not saving these small group of people. They, they rescue planets. They rescue star systems. They rescue the fate of the the galaxy. The fate of the Jedi is all is what's really in the balance, and it allows for just such a grand scale that. Uh, you don't get from um, other systems, which is not to say that you can't have wonderful role-playing sessions with, you know, if you want to talk about the personal um, tragedy and, and dark brooding of a vampire game, or um, you know, the the superhero action of, of uh, some of the other games, but so few systems actually set out to, to determine the fate of the, the galaxy. Um, and and I think that's something that you know we all really crave. We, we crave heroes, and this allows people to to, to bring those heroes uh, that we secretly all wish we were uh, into the fore and play with them. So that's the first thing. And so when I, I sat down to write this campaign, and when I sat down to plan. Uh, the first thing I always do when I'm writing anything for Star Wars is I look at what are the elements? What makes up Star Wars? What makes it a Star Wars story? Because if it doesn't feel like Star Wars, you might as well just be playing, you know, any other system. You might as well, it could be, you know, Dick Tracy in outer space. It's just not, it, it has to be Star Wars. Um, you really want to capture that feel. So I sat down and I jotted down a few of the things that I think make up a Star Wars story. And some of the things may you, you may be well aware of and some of the things you may not have thought of. So the things that, that come to mind when I think Star Wars, I think about good versus evil. It's pretty obvious. You know, the, the, the you've got the, the white hats and the, 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 the black hats and there's... A limited amount of gray in between, but uh, it, it really does come down to a, a decision of good versus evil, and the heroes have to be the ones to make the, some of those decisions. It can't just be um, they're good; they're, those guys are bad; these guys are good. There has to be some internal conflict with the characters. So Luke Skywalker has to make that choice not to go to the dark side. The Anakin Skywalker has to make that choice to fall to the dark side, and it it comes down to a player decision, and the, the main characters have to be the ones that make those fateful decisions. Uh, the second one is family ties. Family is actually very, very important in Star Wars. You don't really think about it just because it's kind of in the periphery, but where would these stories be without you know, Luke, Leia, and their parents, Darth Vader and, and Amidala, and uh, you know, Ben serves as a father figure, Qui-Gon serves as a father figure to Obi-Wan. So, uh, we see Shimmy Skywalker. So family is actually integral to these these stories. So that, I feel, really needs to factor into any Star Wars story you really want to tell. Um, temptation is one of them. That really get, falls into the good versus evil. But temptation needs to be part of it. You need to give a re- players a reason why they choose the things they do. You can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm good for good's sake. Um, and along with that, there also has to be a fall. There has to be a, a tragic fall. There has to be someone's fall from um, grace, someone's turning away from the light, and then they have to have the opportunity for redemption, which is not to say the players are going to take that opportunity, but they have to have the, that, you know, walking the knife's edge and then 
falling over to the dark and falling or turning away and joining the light. And sometimes redemption equals death. You know, the only way that Darth Vader is finally redeemed is at the cost of his own life. So, you know, sacrifice has to come in there. You have to give those players that chance to be that epic character that that something happens to. And then, so those are the, the story elements. And then when I think about the other elements of Star Wars, what how are those displayed what, against what sort of backdrop are, does this these morality play this um, how does that play out what against what sort of background well the first thing is space battles no big deal I mean that's that's pretty stock and standard for any science fiction genre you have to have space battles you have to you know destroy the droid control ship or Obi-Wan fighting um fighting with Django Fett or any of those those battles in among the stars you know trying to blow up the death star the first or the second time so space battles is one of them and this campaign that I I'm going to admit right now that this campaign I've got planned probably won't involve nearly as much space battles as I'd like just because the setting I've chosen um doesn't lend itself directly to that but that will still factor in. It's just not going to be as big a deal. Uh, the second one is fantastic monsters. Every one of the Star Wars films, and this is again one of those details that not everyone really remembers, but but every single Star Wars film has at least two fantastic creatures, monsters that, uh, you know, to terrify, um, creatures that are, you know, the, the, the fantasy equivalent of a dragon. So, just in the very first Star Wars movie, you've got uh, you've got Dubaks, you've got Wampa, you've got Banthas, Space Slugs, Dianagas, the Rancor, the Sarlacc, uh, and then going back to the the prequels, you've got you know Obi Wan Kenobi's Riding Beast, and the, the uh, from Episode Three, you've got the the various creatures they fight in the arena. Uh, in episode two, you have just all these sorts of, of wonderful monsters that are the you know creatures from horror or fantasy, but they they serve the role of that that um, the dragons serve in Dungeons and Dragons. They are uh, sometimes you know plot elements. Sometimes they are. Um, you know, creatures to overcome. Uh, sometimes they can, you know, start you on your way. And then you've got, along with the fantastic monsters, you've got aliens, which, you know, will definitely be part of this. And I, maybe not for my players. I think this campaign will probably be better served with a mostly human cast. I'm not going to deny my players a chance to play aliens, but there will be some that I really reject. I think, um, I think we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, then of course there's the Force. It wouldn't be a Star Wars story without the Force playing a central role to the story. And this, um, my plot will absolutely involve the Force on every level. It may not seem that way at the beginning, but it will absolutely involve uh, the Force. Um, every bit of the story will involve some element of the Force, though it may not seem so on the surface. Um, there has to be a bit of a mystery to it. You need to know. Uh, there need to be these big reveals of of information, whether we decide that, or whether we find out that, you know, Luke is is uh, Darth Vader's son, or 
Leia is is his sister, or you know, all these big reveals will come. So we're going to find out information about the players. We're going to find out information. Um, excuse me. We're going to find out information about the characters, and we're going to find out information about the plot as the plot progresses, in really a way that. Um, Hopefully we'll keep my players on their toes and a way that we'll keep the audience interested in listening as I have said, I have a number of mysteries that will be placed in the player's path, things that don't quite make sense. And uh, coming of age, I think, is also an important story element. Um, So characters have to grow up. Um, Part of my background is in theater and there is a term that we use in the theater when you're trying to dissect a character and get into the character's head. You talk about the character's spine. You talk about that moment when the character has to make a, a, um, a change from what they were to uh, what they will be. So the, and the term we use in acting is that's what, the moment when the character's spine breaks. It's the, the climax is when that character has to make a choice between the old and the new. Um, becoming someone new. So that that too will play a part in these stories. Um, other elements that I'm just going to throw out there that may or may not come in um, without giving up way too much. Um, super weapons. The Emperor is big on, this, on super weapons. If you read any of the expanded universe uh, materials, the Emperor loved his super weapons. Quite apart from the Death Stars, he, he builds all these other things too. Um, he, you know, he builds... Uh, sun crushers and uh, uh, giants, star destroyers even larger than the ones we see in the movie with planet-killing uh, torpedoes and just a large number of these super weapons. Um, and for a character who is very much uh, a force character, a character who places his his strength in the force and his faith in the force. At the same time, he also wants power from machines. Um, we also see, sort of woven into the story, this battle of technology versus uh, a more agrarian uh, or more um, rural sort of conflict. So the, the the placid scenes of Naboo were led were very quickly shown that the, the both the Gungans and the um, the humans on, who live on Naboo are peaceful. They're the good guys, and they may be, as Jar Jar says, "We so warriors," but um, they are still not seen in battle so much as seen, you know, going about their lives in the Gungan city or hiding out in the woods. Um, so, and the good guys are usually very peaceful, and the bad guys are are evil. We see the Ewoks. We see this battle in Return of the Jedi of the um, rural uh, tree-dwelling Ewoks who, you know, are barely above stone tools fighting off against the highly mechanized Empire. So there will be some elements of that, too, um, woven into this story. So those are sort of what I see as the important factors in a Star Wars story. Those things all have to sort of come together and to tell a story. Um, obviously, we'll include things like droids and all the other you know, background little bits that will uh, factor into the story, but um, those are those are all really things that I think have to make it a Star Wars story. Next thing I really want to talk about is my style as a GM. Um, I am 
as I said, fairly, have some fairly strong opinions on GMing and storytelling. Um, I have some experience as a writer, uh, and I really feel strongly about what I see is really bad storytelling. And the worst, the worst I see in any of this is, and this is not to dig at anyone's campaign, but the overuse of coincidence in storytelling. Uh, Star Wars sort of has a pass on this, and I'll get into that in just a second, but the first, the problem is that it's a big universe. It's a big galaxy. And when characters happen to run into someone coincidentally, um, it really just sets my hackles arise. It is a horrible, horrible storytelling technique. Um, and it's, as far as I'm concerned, unforgivable. There are uh, other stories you may run into, other games that you run into. You just happen to run into so-and-so's father. You just happen to run into so-and-so's sister. Or, um, you know, you walk in the room and Darth Vader just happens to be there. Well, if you look at the Star Wars stories, that never actually happens. You don't accidentally run into so-and-so. You... The characters are there by design. There is someone who sets out to find someone. They chases them. They chase them across the galaxy. They chase them so and so, and then they happen to get ahead of them. So when Darth Vader, you know, appears in Cloud City and Han Solo opens the door, and there he is. It it, it isn't because there was some contrivance that brought him there. Vader was out to find them. Vader hired a bounty hunter who tracked the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon, you know, was limping, and Vader managed to get there ahead of them. That that's by design. That's by conscious action of the characters, whether it's the NPCs, in this case Vader, or um, or Boba Fett, or by the actions of the characters. So, when I tell a story, when I write a campaign, if you ran into Darth Vader, just out of the blue, it wasn't out of the blue. Um, there was some process, there was some element that brought those characters together. Now, the characters that we're going to be playing with, and I'll get, I'll talk about this once we talk about the actual characters, are going to be traveling in some high circles. They're going to be traveling in almost close to the Emperor's inner circle. So there is an excellent chance that they could come across Darth Vader, not because it's an accident, but because they both received an invitation from the Emperor to you know, the Grand Ball or something like that. Because they travel in those circles. That is their social circle. So these characters will be interacting with some very important characters that we see in the movies, but it's not by coincidence. It is because those characters um, either travel in those same circles or um, they there's some power drawing them together. Usually it will be by conscious action of individuals. Um, and I'll tell you right now, these characters are going to be traveling in in exactly those circles, and so they will run into some important people, which means that I ne really need to work on my impressions of the Emperor so I can get the voice down, or maybe my impressions of Darth Vader. Um, that uh, we'll, we'll get to play with. We'll see how well I do. So... Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is that 
I have a real problem with when all the characters have identical goals. Now, players, our goal should as players, our goals should be have fun. As, as a storyteller, my job is to enable other people to have fun, to entertain, to tell an interesting story. Um, the characters, on the other hand, the characters should have compatible goals. They should not have identical goals. It's really... Um, Again, I think this falls under bad storytelling. The characters should have their individual motivations for wanting to be included in the story. The characters... um, If we look at Star Wars, Han is initially in this for the money. He he says so flat out. His goal is compatible with with Luke's, um, which is maybe go off on this adventure... And Obi-Wan's, which is rescue the princess, get the message to Alderaan. Um, and all those goals kind of come together. And then they, they're given a, a secondary goal, which is, you know, escape the Death Star, escape the TIE Fighters. And, you know, maybe a bit of a personal vendetta. But they have... It isn't necessary for them to all want exactly the same thing. So the story we're going to tell... I really intend to set my players up for conflicting goals, or at least not uh, not directly conflicting goals. I want them to have compatible goals, but I also want them there to be an occasion for them to butt heads. Uh, that sounds strange, but conflict is the heart of storytelling. Conflict is the heart of role play. Conflict is the heart of any story you can't if everyone's just agreeing and happy go lucky and and together it doesn't work as well so um, i by design will set my characters up so that they have um somewhat different goals in mind they're they're going to have reasons to stay together i'm going to give them a, a strong motivation to stay together but i want them to have alternate goals and Every character desperately needs a goal. I see this too often when I see other people's characters. They don't have a firm goal for their character. Their character doesn't have an initiative. That doesn't have a desire to go somewhere. Uh, it comes back to that cliche in acting of what's my motivation, but that's exactly what it is. Your character should want something at all times, whether it's I want to go upstairs for a snack or um, I want people to stop talking because my throat's getting dry or... You know, I want to save the world. I want to save the galaxy. Your character wants something, even if it's just, you know, get through the day, or you know, get a paycheck and buy a Maserati, whatever. Your character should want something, and a lot of times where sandbox games fall apart is the characters are given no, they have no initiative of their own. They're just, oh, I'm going to wander and explore without any real desire for a reason for that. Why are they walking into danger constantly? You know, do they have a death wish? I mean, adventuring in any role-playing game is dangerous business. Um, you know, characters get killed all the time. So why do your characters do this? Unless they're suicidal, which could be an interesting character, but tends to be a very short-lived character. Um there should be a reason for it. So you need to make sure your players all understand what their characters want. It could be a different goal than what the character, or what the player wants. The player and the character don't have to uh, agree even. 
uh, as long as you, the player can play that character in such a way that it, it tells an interesting story. So, those are the, the, the things that I look for um, when I'm, I'm trying to set up my characters. Um, I also believe firmly that characters should have a strong motivation, and that especially goes for NPCs. Um, I, I have a real beef with you know, the so-and-so monster appears and just wants to kill the players because, you know, they pissed it off or looked at it funny. Um, that's not why creatures, that's not why characters uh, do things, and that's not why creatures do things. Um, if I have a monster or I have a creature that attacks my players, it really needs to have a reason why it's doing that beyond simply I'm the big scary big bad monster who... And it could be simple, it could be I'm hungry, but monsters don't take on things or animals don't take on things that they can't win for prey. Lions don't go after elephants because that's a battle they're not going to win. Lions go after deer and zebra and whatever the, whatever else they're hunting that day. But elephants are not really on the menu. And by the same token, your players are big, bad, scary adventurers. And can dish out, you know, a lot of damage and can hurt creatures. So unless that creature thinks it's going to win and win easily, it's not going to hunt the characters for food. So that's not a strong a mo- uh, strong a reason for a monster to attack players, to attack characters as you might think. So you really need to find a reason why anyone's doing thing. Why is my character, why is the the game master characters in the scene? Um so that's that's really an, an important factor to consider too. And as I develop all my characters, they will have reasons why they're doing it. Um, I don't really like, um, especially the the main characters. They have to have strong motivations. You know, I, without getting too much into it, I may have incidental characters that that add flavor that have you know only passing. Um, motivations in a particular scene, whether it's, you know, get someone's autograph or, um, you know, get out, get out and, um, buy groceries for dinner. They're going to have little tiny, little tiny motivations, but they won't have grand overarching motivations. And, and that's fine. You don't need to know the life story of every single character you introduce, but you should have something to add for those characters. The next question I'm going to address actually goes back to the very beginning, and um, I'm going to choose uh, talk about setting and the, the setting I've chosen here. Um, I'm going to choose. I'm going to start this story two years before the Battle of Yavin, when the first Death Star is destroyed, and the expanded universe has this incredibly rich tapestry of material to choose from. Um, when the first expanded universe really came into being was when Timothy Zahn wrote uh, the Heir to the Empire series. But before that, there was actually West End Games' Star Wars role-playing game. And in fact, when uh, Lucasfilm contracted Timothy Zahn to write those books, which really were what started sort of this revolution where Star Wars became cool and popular again, uh, was that was started when... Um, Lucasfilm decided they wanted to have 
people actually in charge of maintaining a consistent canon. They wanted someone who actually um, looks over material and verifies that it fits within the Star Wars universe. They actually took all West End Games books and shipped them off to Zahn and said, here, work within this framework. Don't violate anything in this story. So Timothy Zahn and West End Games really built what is now a very large tapestry um, that started with Lucas, and then you know there were a couple of of novels. There were three Han Solo novels and three uh, novels about Lando Calrissian that were written in the early '80s. No one really paid them much attention, quite frankly. And then there were these two little Ewok movies that were made, and the Droids cartoon, and they started, you know, developing more and more story elements. And eventually, we get to this point in. Um, where the char- where the story is just huge. It covers thousands of years, and uh, Lucasfilm, far more than say, you know, the Star Trek franchise or anything like that, has um, they they put a conscious effort into making sure their novels, their video games, their um, you know, their comics, they all fit within that framework, which is really quite impressive, and it's a, a massive amount of work to to look at um i am going to do my best to stay within that framework too so uh, my characters will not be capable of assassinating the emperor not that it's likely that they would try but um they won't be able to violate the 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 story of star wars which is perfectly fine you can do that as long as you're willing to spend a little bit extra time researching which i do um, I have put many, many hours into Wikipedia, and that is a site I will recommend to anyone. Wikipedia um, is a wonderful resource if you want to know any element of the Star Wars story or any minutia about anything. That's a great resource to go to. Uh, I highly recommend it if you are in any way a Star Wars fan. Uh, try not to get too lost in there. Um, so uh, that... Um, my characters, with two years before the Battle of Yavin, there's not a whole lot written about that period. It's right about the time the Death Star is in the final stages of completion. It's right about the time that um, the Force Unleashed video game story takes place. Um, the Rebellion is still in the just the very earliest stages. Um, there, the, There's almost nothing to the Rebel Alliance. It is a very... There's a bunch of very small, fractious groups out there um, who are all sort of fighting the Empire in their own way. Um, But there's no... There's Until very recently, there's been no formal declaration of rebellion against Emperor Palpatine's rule. Um, So we will be getting into some of this. And... um, so all those elements will come together and hopefully allow us to weave in and out um, without any of the characters you know, being in a position where um, they can actually violate the Star Wars story, but at the same time they can still experience the, some key moments. So you know, if you hear about on the, the, the news that the Death Star has been blown up, that might, you know, how does the Empire react to that? What is the, the fallout from that? Um, and we'll we'll get into that. So, 
that is about where I'm going to wrap up today. Uh, we will get into our next podcast when we start discussing with Stephanie, who will be playing one of our characters in this campaign. We're going to be discussing what exactly uh, her character is going to be like and sort of develop the story. Stephanie has agreed to play a central role in this campaign, um, not a as a main character, but not the character the whole plot revolves around, even though it may seem that way on the surface. So this campaign will deal with the lives and the intrigues surrounding uh, a member, someone who works for the Empire at the upper echelons, and in a very specific role... um, I guess I can I can reveal now that this story is going to focus on a um, a singer, a musician, and I, I've asked Stephanie to play this role specifically because she actually has a musical background. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to see what she can do with that. But this will focus on a singer and her entourage, whether they be her bodyguards or her um, um, you know her, her staff, her crew, who have been hired by the Empire as uh, sort of a propaganda um, piece. They're, they're going to be part Miley Cyrus, or, well, let me rephrase. They're going to be part Hannah Montana, hopefully. I'm hoping to avoid the Miley Cyrus. Um, you know, but there's just going to be this um, almost manufactured star who will be chosen for talent, and um, will be providing a, a good PR, a good, you know, a, a feel-good message for the Empire, hoping to spread the word about how good the Empire is and how much better your lives are and w- without um, all those pesky uh, democratic ideas that how much better life is under the Empire and how things are going to turn around and how much safer everyone is going to be. So she's going to be spreading the good news about the Empire all throughout the galaxy and we're going to just see where that takes us. So once again, my name is Jesse and I am the host and game master of Falling Star and I will see you next time.